Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Afternoons on SEN. Right around Australia, a very warm afternoon to you, wherever you might be. All thanks to Worklocker, Caram Downs and Packingham. This is Midday Madness. It's afternoons. Dwayne Russell, feed up, relaxing as we get to what will be a big 2024 for the pipe. Cam Luke in the seat. The Werribee Kia open line is open, one 736 736. And this time of year, we're always jam-packed. So much to get into. The Big Bash starts tonight. The Renegades start a little later. Jake Fraser-McKirk's going to join me in about an hour's time. He's in ripping form. In fact, you could argue that no man is ready for the Big Bash this year than this young man. So we'll have a chat to him. Josh Gablich will jump on as well. Have a chat to us. The Dogs have started preseason in a very positive Manor. He's been down the last couple of days at Whitnoble checking it out. We'll touch on the Saints. Also, what the Pies are up to. Stuart McSwain, Australian athlete, Olympic middle distance runner. He will come into the studio as well. A little later on the chat, all things athletics, how the season looks, and of course, headed towards Paris. We have got prizes galore, legitimately. I, I, I put a little weight on, but I'm not quite Santa Claus size yet, but I feel like it today. We've got two of everything. Two of everything to give away. $100 Peter Jackson vouchers. Two of those. A couple of uh, $50 e-gift cards to give away, all thanks to the House of Golf. Club Mandalay, no better place to play right now. We are there. You should be almost finished work, which means the weather is nice outside of Saturday and Sunday. So clubmandalay.com.e to check it all out. I've got two rounds of golf to give away there. And, of course, Bataki Hams to give away. And we're going to double up. So that's what we're going to do. The Werribee Kia open line is open, one 736 736 for Werribee Kia, awarded the prestigious National Car Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia, where else? All right, we're going to start with this. And because it's a midday madness promise, if you call, you get on. So if you have a topic you want to touch on, absolutely fire away. But overnight, Taylor Swift was named Time Person of the Year. I don't want to get specifically into 2023. So it got me thinking about this century, which is almost quarter way through, which is scary in its own right. But it got me thinking right now, at the end of 2023, who is the athlete of the century for you? one 736 736 The athlete of the century 
for you. Now, again, I don't want to have to spell it out. I know Ryan off the temper text is probably taking the mickey, but he has said Michael Jordan. Sorry, I apologise. That is Mark from Vermont who says, it's pretty easy to be honest, clearly Michael Jordan. So I'm assuming he's taking the mickey because, of course, Michael Jordan's greatest performances were in the 90s. So, honestly, it is quite simple. one 736 736 the athlete of the century so far. And you need to state your case. And it's interesting because, say, if you wanted to give, say, a tennis player, You'd be well within your rights to understand that that player's been the best player so far or the third best player without dropping any names. Is it someone like a Serena Williams? Is it a golfer? Is it a team sport person? It's whatever you want it to be. Whoever you want it to be, just state your case and away we go. one 736 736 Midday Madness is nicely fired up. And we are going to start with Ryan who joins me now to kickstart on the Werribee Kia open line. you got the new pill, Ryan. Best Athlete, sportsman, or woman this century, who you got for me? No, oh, I'll start with a lightning bolt. It's got to be Usain Bolt. What a legend. So I'm, I'm gonna, you're going to take away pretty much everything that I was going to drop later in the hour, but I have Usain Bolt at number one, mainly because of what he was able to do. 100, 200, three straight Olympic Games, his ability to be able to make history and also in a very crowded deep sprinting ranks we have right around the world. I just don't think he will ever be done again. People off the text straight up. He gets extra points because he just ate 20 McNuggets prior to uh, running the 100 metres. It's one of those stories that I think gains a bit of legs and mayo, and it's not exactly 100% true, but there's no doubt Usain Bolt right at the top of the list, Ryan. There is, uh, in fact, use the Werribee Key open line if you can argue that Usain Bolt is not top three. If you can legitimately give me an argument that Usain Bolt is not top three athletes or athlete of this century, if you argue successfully, I'll give you a prize straight up. Ryan, love it, mate. You're away. Tim in Brighton, Werribee Key open line. Taylor Swift is the time person of this year, but who is the person in the sporting world from this century, Tim? Yeah, Ken, um, thanks for the call. Look, I tossed and turned over this and I've changed my direction a bit. He, he has to be the number one athlete of all time, Novak Djokovic. He has to be. He he played at a time against Roger Federer, who everyone adores and loves, and Rafa Nadal, who had a stranglehold on on on, uh, on, on the French Open. But this dude, all-time record of 24 Grand Slams, uh, he doesn't look like he's stopping. Um, you know, he's gone through uh, adversity with uh, the... the, the uh, not being vaccinated. For me, it's Novak by a mile. So I believe that Novak Djokovic is the best tennis player of this generation, which is a conversation, as I alluded to off the top, Tim, like you can have your argument for Novak Djokovic, which you and I clearly agree. You can have your argument for Roger Federer, and there would be people who would argue towards Rafael Nadal. There was also people who would argue that the, the class of Roger Federer plays into it in their minds over the course of who is the greatest male tennis player of this generation. I, I, I firmly believe that Serena Williams is the best tennis player of this generation. But it, it's 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 a debatable topic, one that I have no doubt will get a Rafa Nadal and a Roger Federer nomination sometime in the not-too-distant future. But Djokovic is right there. And you had three men who single-handedly made tennis great 
since early 2000s, but also decimated the confidence and the hopes and dreams of so many male tennis players since then. Andy Murray was able to get a little glimpse of some major glory, but outside of it, we went to every single tournament, major tournament, knowing that those three men were going to be three of the last four standing. Tim, I'm a big Novak fan. Don't always agree with some stuff he says or does, as you touched on as well, but there is no doubt for me, Novak Djokovic is the best tennis player, male tennis player of this generation. Thanks for your call, mate. Let's get to Dave who is in Epping. It is quite simple. Prizes galore. This century, best sportsman or woman. Who is it, Dave? Who you got? G'day, mate. Yeah, I think the best of this century is clearly LeBron James. Just his longevity and the way he's been playing. It's just, I don't think anyone I've ever seen is ever going to match him. And for your argument regarding you saying both in the top three, I'll give you the top three. Hit me. LeBron James, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Tom Brady. Okay, just before you go any further, while you're still here, Dave, is Ronaldo... He's my in your mind. He's he's certainly in front of Messi as the greatest footballer of all time. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. I think he's the greatest athlete of all time. It's two different things. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll grant you that. I, I'm I'm with you with LeBron James. I I think he's right in the conversation. His his longevity, the fact that he's continually still amazing us. Of course, the preseason tournament. Sorry, the in season tournament heading to Vegas this weekend. The Lakers are there on the back of LeBron James yesterday. He's in season 21. He holds every single scoring record possibly. Uh, and I still think Michael Jordan is the greatest basketballer of all time. Of, of, of all time. But LeBron James is in the conversation. There is actually a conversation if it is LeBron James. Now, I have it. I still have LeBron James at number two. But the very fact that we include him in that conversation suggests his body of work since 2003 has been... Remarkable. And I don't know if you're still there, Dave, and I don't necessarily think this factors into everything, but he has done everything he has done in a social media world. And the fact that he is someone who is a clean skin, he doesn't make any personal errors. Now, he says stuff that people don't agree with. That's not what I'm talking about. Opinions are one thing. But the fact is that he's been able to continually hold himself to a certain level with so much scrutiny on him in the harsh world of social media of which we live in, I think that's also tick for LeBron James as well. I agree. I agree. He's just uh, he's a role model for everyone, mm-hmm. even the way he goes about it with the kids and stuff, like on the worldwide platform, it's pretty good. No doubt. And no doubt LeBron James is in there. Dave, love your call and appreciate it on the Werribee Kia open line. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Mark uh, from Vermont off the temper tech. You don't need to apologise. No dramas at all. He, he did say, I thought it was all time, not this century. But no apologies needed. Anytime we can slide Michael Jordan into a conversation, it's always a win. Uh, the 40 Wings temper text is fired up. 043398 We'll get to Billy and Berwick first. This is going nuts. Taylor Swift overnight, Times Person of the Year, but we're talking about the athlete, sportsman, and woman. However you want to look at it, criteria in your mind might be different to the criteria in my mind or your best mate's mind. Or your person from work around the water cooler's mind. And I think this is what makes this conversation and question so deep and interesting. Billy, take it away, mate. Who you got? Top of the afternoon, sir. I reckon there's a bloke that revolutionised a somewhat uh, boring sport, mm-hmm. Mr. Tiger Woods. Now, this is... There, there, are, there are athletes, and a lot of the athletes already named Billy transcend their own sport, which puts them in a stratosphere, which they fit comfortably in these type of conversations. He transcended golf. 
that I don't think anyone has ever been able to do or will ever be able to do because it is, as you said, Billy, it's not a sport that traditionally lends themselves to everybody because it has you know a bit of slow play. There's so much around. There's, there's so many different tournaments. So it's not exactly a, a sport that everybody jumps on and loves and appreciates. And he was able to do that for... Well, still to this day, to be fair, I know that it's not the, the Tiger Woods of old, but his dominance in a sport that is literally decided by millimetres and inches over four days is, is something we will never see again in the game. Yeah, totally agree. And he he was someone that drew... You didn't have to play the sport to enjoy, to enjoy watching him. Mm-hmm. And people used to go and watch Tiger Woods play golf, even if they weren't golfers. And that's something that I don't think a lot of sports have been able to continually find out. Now, Billy, you're a big golf man, I assume. Yes, I am, mate. I am. All right. Do you want a $50 E gift card to the House of Golf or do you want to go and play a beautiful Club Mandalay? Uh, Club Mandalay would be nice again. Done. Billy, out to you, mate. Uh, First prize off the rank going to Billy and Berwick. 18 holes of golf for you and a mate. As I said yesterday uh, with Kingy, you get a card at Club Mandalay. We're giving you a card. I, I firmly believe that unless you're a professional golfer, you should always use a cart. It's more enjoyable. You can get 18 holes of golf for two with drinks and a cart midweek, just $99 at Club Mandalay. Make sure you jump on clubmandalay.com.au or more importantly, give me a call because I've still got another round to give away. We're fired up. The Werribee Kia open line is fired up. The 40 Winks temper text is going nuts and I love it. Of course, the all-new Temper Pro, Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper, a mattress like no other. We'll get to those on the other side of this. Your calls as well. It's quite simple. We're 23 years. End of 2023 is almost here. Since 2000, who is the greatest athlete, sportsman, woman, whatever and however way you look at it, of this century? Afternoons on SEN. Right across the SEN network. Good afternoon to you. It is afternoons. Cam Luke filling in for Dwayne Russell, who's going to be back. 2024. 40 Wings Temper Text is fired on up, and I love it. And it's all based around the question. We're nearly a quarter into this century, which is, again, somewhat scary. But who is the greatest athlete, sportsman and woman? However you look at it, who is number one for you right now since two? Thousand. The Bolt Tiger Serena, one, two, three, coming off the text as well. The temper text, 40 wings temper text in fine form. Uh, prizes galore to give away. And as you know, you have to call up. We're a big key open line to win the prize. So let's get back right into it now. Uh, Matt's in East Keelor. Matt, hello to you. Hey, Cam. How are you? Good, man. Who you got for me? I've got two because I can't split them. And they're both from the world game and probably both equally the greatest of all time, and that's Leo Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. So this is the uh, – I'm not a major world game expert, uh, clearly, but I had this conversation and this question to a mate of mine this morning who actually is, and he makes a good point. Around this conversation, I reckon they cancel themselves out because you can actually make full-blown arguments as to why one is the greatest or greater than the other one. You can actually – not dissimilar to the tennis convo. I I just simply can't split them. They're mm. both the club and country. They've both broken all sorts of countless records. Um, 
And it's the world game. It's the biggest game in the world. So out of everybody in this entire world, these two just happen to be the greatest and we got to watch them at the same time. Do, do you think, Matt, and this is a question I'll throw open to everybody, do you think that we sometimes, because of the brilliance of these athletes and we have the, the, the pleasure to watch these athletes when we love sport, do, do you think we appreciate how good these athletes are or do you think it's a situation that in 20 years' time we'll actually understand even more of how great these, not these just particular these two, but everyone was? I think as they, as they grow older and you, you start to look back on their careers and you appreciate them even more, but these two in particular, the accolades they've got, the Ballon d'Ors, they've won Messi with the World Cup. I think these two were appreciated whilst they've been playing because, um, you know, there's just no others like them. True. Love it. Matt, appreciate your call, my man. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. All thanks to Werribee Kia. The Werribee Kia open line is open. Awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia, where else? It's, it's a simple question. There are prizes galore to give away. And when I say it's a simple question, the simplicity is in the actual question, not necessarily... In the answer, Mario is in one turn. Or Mario, when it comes down to it, since 2000, who have you got at number one? Yeah, you know, Ken, look, look, I don't disagree with Jack uh, Djokovic being the best tennis player, mm-hmm. uh, but as far as sportsmen in tennis, I could look past Roger Federer. He's brought people to the gates. He's probably done more for tennis as a person than any on the last 30 years. And, and this is something that uh, I spoke a little bit about before, right, Mario? This is the the beauty about this because people look at different ways and greatness in different ways and, and what different aspects. There is no doubt that Roger Federer's class and what he brought to tennis and how the whole situation was unfolding when he became the superstar in the sort of the mid two thousands is something that while Novak Djokovic is a, as a star and the head to head record is probably more positive. The fact is that he hasn't been able to bring some of those off court things that Roger Federer did originally when he started. Great. I appreciate your call, Mario. I, I don't want to. Well, I'm actually always happy to have the conversation, but the the tennis conversation for me is is really intriguing. Brett Phillips, who's got a big Australian summer of tennis ahead of him on the SCN Network. We've had this discussion before because you could argue it is Federer, you could argue it's Djokovic, you could argue it's Rafa Nadal for a million different reasons, pros and cons for each. I still think Serena Williams is the greatest tennis player of this generation, male or female. But the other three, like, if 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 Nadal, if Rafa Nadal didn't exist, we could have Novak and Roger Federer deep into the 30s when it comes to Grand Slam titles. Remarkable. Uh, Adam's in Digger's Rest. Adam, take it away, mate. Who you got for me? Cam, good afternoon. How are you, mate? Mm-hmm. I'm good, buddy. I'm good. That's good. Uh, my nomination, Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, tell you what, he's just he's, it feels like he's sort of just warming up a little bit too, right? He's still got plenty of time to go, right? Look, there's only one name that seems to be ahead of him at this point in his life, and that's Michael Schumacher, and I think he's catching him really, really quickly. Mm, he is. He is. And that's that's literally, that's, that's pun intended, I assume, when you say catching him quickly? You could say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, there is no doubt. There is no doubt that he is someone who absolutely deserves to be in the conversation. Adam, are you a, uh, are you a well-dressed man, or do you want to dress a little bit better? Because I've got a $100 Peter Jackson voucher for you if you want it. Look, I can certainly dress a bit snappier, I think, these days, so I'll accept that gratefully. I, I, I think you probably speak for all of us when you uh, make that comment. Thank you, Adam. Love it. Lewis Hamilton, of course, Formula One, and a man who's going somewhere fast and continually does, and that's all thanks to Peter Jackson. You can dress up, stand out, and be seen in Peter Jackson this summer. 
The look is everything with suits from $399. Uh, 1300 736 736. Werby Kia open line is open. Let's get to Brad in Blackburn. Hello, Brad. G'day, Cam. I can't believe nobody has said this guy. It just baffles me. He, he's either number one or he's either number two. Mm-hmm. And then there's daylights between the rest of them. <clears throat> Michael Phelps. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, he undoubtedly, like, he, he just, the best swimmer of all time, you know, and what he did in the Olympics for those, you know, two or three times, no one will ever do. 28 medals, 23 of those gold. Of course, he was able to do it in different disciplines. He was able to continually do it. And this is the thing when we when we, when we discuss Usain Bolt, and, and that's where I am. I'm with Usain Bolt. You have to also discuss the fact that Michael Phelps is absolutely right there in in the same conversation. He, he continually, and for a time... He, he, he made, again, he transcended swimming. He transcended the sport of which he competed in. And there is no doubt Michael Phelps. And that's coming loud and clear off the temper tech. So you're not the only one, Brad. First person to call in, which I love. But the fact is, absolutely, Michael Phelps, ha- he's in the top five. I, I don't think that's even an argument. No, like it, there's no better. It's him and Hussein Bolt, 100%, I think. So. No doubt. There's still an Olympian that hasn't been mentioned yet on the Werribee Kia open line. The Temper Tex has thrown the name through a couple of times, but first person who calls and uses this particular name, I'm going to throw you a prize. Hey, Brad, love the call, man. Have a good afternoon. Thank you, mate. One word, Tom Brady, off the Temper Text. So Brady's come through a few times. Of course, uh, Super Bowl superstar and a man who... He's going to be in Australia next month. Now, I don't want to necessarily throw someone under a bus, but I will say that there is... I'm going to say two people here at SEN that Tom Brady might be playing golf with. We'll just see how it pans out over the next six weeks. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 The Ruby Kia line is open. Awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year, Ruby Kia Warehouse. And of course, the 40 Wings Temper Text is on fire for the all new Temper Pro. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper, a mattress like no other. I'm going to get to plenty of your texts shortly. We're going to get to the news. Amy Drew's in the newsroom. Jake Fraser McKirk's about half hour away. Josh Gablidge about an hour away. Stuart McSwain just after 2 30 in studio. But right now, as always, it's about you on Midday Madness. This century, since 2000, who is the greatest athlete, sportsman, or woman? However, you look at it. Explain it. Afternoons. On SCN, Cam Luke in for Dwayne Russell. The Werby Kia open line is on fire, as is the 40 Wings temper text. Prizes do, uh, got prizes left, right and centre to give away. I just want to quickly roll a couple of quick temper texts out because this is what I like about this question or at least this conversation. Ben has a different look at this. I consider horses athletes. So Winks and Black Caviar need to be considered. People would look at it in a different way as well. Love it. How can Phelps... Be top five when you didn't even win swimming prestige events. He just swam the events that the elite don't swim, that there was a lot of medals available to him. Now, 
if that's an argument of which you look at, okay, I, that's fine. I don't have Phelps at number one, but I absolutely believe that he should be most certainly in the conversation as one of the greatest of all times. He never won. I'll, I'll give you a little heads up there, I guess, when it comes to what people would consider the prestige, I suppose, the 100-meter freestyle. I guess you'd be in a situation where you'd have that argument to fall back on. But I would argue that on the way back where he says, and I quote the text here, he just swam the events that the elite don't swim, that there was a lot of medals available to him. If it was that easy just to roll up to the Olympic Games or the World Championships, but we'll we'll focus on the Olympics, and just swim the non-elite events, then more people would be doing it, therefore making what he did even greater. So... Right, if, if, if you're just saying that the only event you care about in swimming is the 100-meter freestyle, then then th- that's your argument, and that's what I like about this topic is what I love about the Werribee Kia Open Line. Everyone has different looks and different viewpoints on mo- so many different conversations. But I, I think that to diminish Phelps because he didn't swim what in your eyes is the elite when he's got 23 Olympic gold medals, I think is diminishing the, the greatness of him. Um a lot of people, a lot of people are pointing out Kelly Slater. Okay, so I will say that when it comes to a list of the coolest people, Kelly Slater is right there, number one, and he does have eleven world titles. But somebody in the surfing world can probably tell me this is only since two thousand, and I would I would say that he's probably the other one, maybe six in the nineties and five since, or the other way around. So in that in that in that point. It's since 2000. He's got five or six world titles. Someone in the surfing absolute no can tell me exactly, but he didn't win all. So the argument to use all 11 doesn't necessarily count in this chat because he hasn't won 11 since 2000. But he's a he's a he's a great not just of surfing but of world sport, and he's one of the coolest people on the planet. Uh, Jason's in Cockatoo as we get back to the Werribee Kia Open Line. Jace, take it away. Hey mate, how are you? I think the greatest athlete. Not only of the last, like, 23 years, but of all time. He's a guy that's going to be playing at the top level with your son next year, probably. And that's LeBron James. Mm. Hey, the longevity is, is something that continually gets raised when it comes to LeBron James. But the very fact is that he's going to play... Well, I don't know how they're going to do it. There is no doubt that he is hanging on. And when I say hanging on, he's just continually playing at a high rate to play with his son, which is going to be one of the most remarkable sports stories in history. Bronny, of course, it will be interesting. He's had a, he's had a delayed start to his career at USC due to the the, the heart issue that he, he had in the offseason. So he has been cleared in the last three or four days. Does that stop his ability to go to the NBA next year? Maybe. Does it really matter if the story is playing with LeBron James? No, because I think LeBron James has more than one season ahead. But yeah, there's no doubt, Jace. LeBron James continues to get raised and uh, that whole story of playing with his son or against his son, although it might lead to a really interesting contract negotiation and conversation, is a big one. Thank you. Luke's in Preston. Hello, Luke. How are you, mate? Fire. I'm good, man. It's a, uh, all I do is talk sport and I love it and I'm getting to do it with the uh, the SCN family. So I'm on top of the world, mate. What do you got for me? So I've got a bit of a left, a left fielder here. Mm-hmm. Ronnie O'Sullivan in snooker. He's won seven world championships since 2001. I'm going to be honest. I'm not a major snooker guy, Luke, so talk to me more about Ronnie O'Sullivan, but it sounds like he's a dominating force. 
Yeah, mate. So, look, I'm like you. I'm not, to be honest, I'm not too over the top of snooker, but I do catch it every now and then on Foxtel, and his name has always been brought up. And, uh, yeah, I know he's literally dominated since 2001. So if we're going since then, um, I'm pretty sure he's the guy. He, he's right there. I'm just having a little look again. Ronnie O'Sullivan. And if someone knows a little more about Ronnie O'Sullivan, give me a buzz on the Werribee Kia open line. But uh, he's, he's English. He's 48. So he's still got some time to go as well. And as there is, he is being called, and I quote here off this uh, article by Dave Hendon, as snooker's greatest asset. He actually became the youngest and then the oldest winner of the UK Championship after he won his record-extending eighth title. That was just last week. So there you go. He won it when he was 17, and he won it 30 years later. So that is remarkable. Thank you. I am not overly across Ronnie O'Sullivan, Lukey, but I am now, and I appreciate uh, your exposure of him to me. Uh, Matt is in Australia, which is good news, on the SEN app, hopefully, but either way, he's listening to us. Matt, who you got for me? G'day, Cam. How are you? I'm really well, mate. Take it away. That's, that's good, mate. Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, mate. 50 fights, 50 wins, no losses. 26 of those fights, consecutive fights, were title fights. So can you compare that with Phelps with 23 gold medals? I don't know. We can leave that, you know, that question out there. He was he was he was a monster, wasn't he? He was an absolute monster. Once he turned pro, of course, there was a uh, interesting situation in the Olympics in in '96, and then uh, from there, it was just a dominating force. And again, probably somebody that and this happens a little bit in the in the combat world, I guess, in the boxing or even the UFC world. You get these athletes, and I've said it once, and I've said it probably ten times today, but transcending sport and becoming popular, not necessarily to the hardcore fans or at least well known. And Floyd Mayweather was certainly that. Sensational, mate. Better than Tyson, better than you know all those others. Holyfield, undefeated, undefeated, and undefeated, undefeated in a sport that is so brutal. And if you are off just a millimetre or one percent on any given day, not only can you lose, but you can get seriously hurt. So his his mental and physical approach to every single time he jumped in the ring, which has to be of the highest order, is is I'm not going to say unmatched, but it's right at the top. Yeah. Correct, mate. Yeah, he started in '96 as an amateur. Yep. And then, and then, you know, he just forged his way ahead. Hey, uh, hey, Matt. Yep. You eat ham? Yes. You want a bataki? Oh yes, please. Done. Beautifully done, Matt. One, actually, actually, I better ask you quickly. Do you live in Do you live in Melbourne or not? Mount Martha. So you, okay, that's close enough to come in and get the ham. That's good. Bang, because we can't send hams interstate. Tried to do that to David Taggart, who's over in Hong Kong at the moment, and things got a little interesting in immigration. So there you go. Pataki ham is yours. It simply wouldn't be Christmas without a Pataki ham. Thank you for your call, Matt. Simon, Lockie, Tony, Sam, Callum, Buxy, Paul. Wait right there. I'm coming to you next on the Werribee Kia Open Line. Afternoons on SEN. Right around Australia, Cam Luke in for Dwayne Russell. Midday Madness for Work Locker, Karim Downs and Packenham. Work where forever you work. Uh, Jake Fraser McKirk's about 20 minutes away. We're going to have a chat in the next hour to Josh Gablich as well. But the Werribee Key open line is fired on up. I want to say this. There is a particular name that has not been mentioned on the Werribee Key open line. It has been mentioned many a time via the 40 Winks Temper text. The first person who calls and uses this name, 
as the greatest this particular century. I'm not necessarily saying this person is, but she she absolutely has to be mentioned in this conversation. So first person who uses the Werribee Key open line to use this name, and not just guessing, actually nominates it. Away you go. I'm just trying to see who just texted me in just in the last 30 seconds. I'm trying to find out. We've had so many texts. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But this person absolutely has to be mentioned. Uh, Simon's in Lara. Simon, hello to you. How you going there? Long time uh, listener. First time caller, by the way. Uh, perfect. Lara, what a beautiful part of the world. I, I grew up not too far away from Lara and it is outstanding out there. Yeah, beautiful day here today. Love it, mate. Uh, who yeah, who well, you got? I've got Lane Beachley, actually. <laughs> Has anyone mentioned Lane Beachley? No, no one has mentioned Lane Beachley yet. There's been a, a few come off the text around uh, Kelly Slater and the and the surfing world, but not necessarily around Lane Beachley. But she's she's a star, right? Yeah, absolutely, uh, for sure. And just in terms of her longevity as well, and uh, what she's done for the sport, finished her career. Mm-hmm. I think she won a couple of world titles in the '90s, and then, of course, probably four or five into the 2000s, and. There is no doubt she deserves to be in the conversation as, as one of the greats. Not just, again, everyone we talk about today in this conversation isn't just a superstar and a legend in their own sport, but most certainly in sport right across the world. And she most certainly fits, mate. So I appreciate your call, Simon. All right, thank you. Lucky's in Glen Iris. We are so jam-packed. We're running out of time. Let's try and get through them a little quicker. Although we're here for three hours, so there's callers and prizes galore. Lucky, who you got for me? There you go, Cam. I just want to uh, propose Katie Ledecky for her uh, swimming pedigree and being widely considered as the greatest female swimmer of all time. In in what is a very, very, very challenging and a huge depth event as well. Like she rolled into those London Olympics in 2012. I, I, she was either 15 or 16. So she just rolls on in and goes bang. And, and it, swimming does lend itself a little bit to this. We're seeing Summer McIntosh at the moment, but in they roll and they just continually have a huge amount of success from day dot. World Championship, gold medals galore. I think seven or eight Olympic golds don't hold me to it, but it's most certainly around that number. She no doubt is a star in the pool. Yep. Appreciate it. Love it, Lockie. Matthew's in Dandenong. Matthew, who have you got for me this century? Who is number one for you? Uh, Lauren Jackson. No, she she's... I'm not going to say she's the greatest uh, when it comes to this conversation, but there is no doubt she's Australia's greatest ever basketballer. We agree with that, Matthew? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we're touching on the fact that, you know, LeBron James and his longevity. Now, I know there was a little break thrown in there for Lauren Jackson, but the, the fact with her injuries and everything she's had to deal with, then she came back, she got hurt again, and then she's rolled back again. And I, I will predict she will be in the Paris Opal's team to go to Olympic Games next year, and it's a remarkable story. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and I'm a first-time caller as well. Matthew, appreciate it. Make sure you use this phone line in the 2024 because Dwayne Russell's the best in the business and he would love to hear from you. Thank you, mate. Uh, mixing Kilsyth. Mick, hello to you. Yeah, g'day, Cam. Uh, I don't think anyone's mentioned uh, Shane Warne. Dominant, wasn't he? Again, the only thing with Warney, and he was great after 2000, but so much of it, he had so many highlights pre 2000 around this conversation, obviously. But he, 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 you know, David King spoke, you know, really nicely yesterday of Warney. We were at a cathedral where he was a member, and there was uh, a lot of remembering, the, uh, remembering of the great man. So, uh, superstar, and he's, he's, he's so horribly missed. 
and uh, in probably one of the hardest disciplines in cricket. Mm, true. Absolutely. Thank you, Mick. Now, I just want to get to this. Te- I've just sent it again. I need to see. Yes. Yes. Ash. Ash, you need to call me. You've got the right name. You just need to call me. Uh, Sam's in Backers Marsh. It's God's country. Only the best scrub in Backers Marsh, I must admit. Sam, hello to you. G'day, Cam. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, mate. Uh, I would I never, would... ever, ever, ever ignore a person from Backers Marsh. It's where I grew up and I love the joint. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> and it's a sunny day here today. Beautiful. Um, I was going to talk about the Tigers in Richmond, but it's not about that. And it's not Trout from Woodend. I'd say Sam Kerr. She's uh she's had a remarkable sort of last five or six years. She's put, and again, I don't want to diminish all the other Matildas, and they have all become household names as well they should be. And it was great to see them on our home soil do what they did when they've been playing great football internationally for a time. But just Sam Sam Kerr is a freak, and I say that in the most positive way. And she has not just carried the team she plays for, either Matildas or or domestically in different parts of the world, but she has driven that sport forward, which is not easy to do. So uh, I haven't quite got Sam Kerr at the top of this conversation, Sam, but there is no doubt she has been hugely, hugely responsible for the Matildas and the world game in this country, in particular female participation going through the roof. Great nomination. Do love it. I'm going to squeeze a break in. We will right now. Callum, David, Grant, Bruno. I'm, I'm going to fit everyone in today. Jake Fraser McKirk's going to join us, as is Stuart McSwain. Josh Gablich will be on the phone. But right now, my number one priority is the Werribee Key open line and you guys in this chat. So we're going to keep the lines open as we continue to roll forward. A quick break. Plenty more on the other side of this on Afternoons. Afternoons on SEN. We're right across the SEN radio network for your Thursday afternoon. Cam Luke in for our man Dwayne Russell, who's having a well-earned break before he fires up for 2024. Midday Madness on fire as always. Ruby Kia open line. All thanks to Worklocker. Carry them downs and packing them workwear for wherever you work. It's quite simple. It's a simple question, but it has a million different answers. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Overnight, Taylor Swift was named a Time Person of the Year, and it got me thinking. This century, who is number one for you in the world of sports? Jake Fraser McGurk's around twenty minutes away. We're going to have a chat this hour to Josh Gablich as well. But right now, Werribee Kia open line, all yours. And Callum in Albert Park has been held hanging on for about thirty-five minutes for his nomination, and that's. The love and respect we have for you, the SEN family, and the conversation around sports. Callum, firstly, thank you for holding, mate. Who you got? Cheers, mate. Um, first time, long time, anyway. Welcome. Um, um, look, I need a bit of classifica- uh, clarification from you. Because mm-hmm. we've been chatting about it, mm-hmm. and we're thinking, is it the best athlete or is it the best sports person? Hey, so this is why I left it a little bit open, Callum, because every people... Every dis- every different conversation, all amount of people have different views on it. So, however, one wants to discuss and push the case for any athlete, regardless of their own criteria, is okay with me. Yeah, because I mean, as a sports person, you'd be looking at success. Mm-hmm. You think Brady, yep. but as an athlete, you can't have a bloke that runs forty yards in five and a half seconds as the greatest athlete. That's right. So, who, who have you ended up on? Oh, so there's there's a couple that you got to, or as an athlete, you got to look at LBJ. Yep. It's just a freak specimen. But True. 
it's one sort of random one that sort of crosses over both and hasn't been mentioned, but John Jones, he's, he's, he's an absolute specimen as well. Well, he is. Sort of transcended USC. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's, when you're talking athletes, he's, he's a, and again, I say this in the most uh, polite way possible, he's a freak. He's also, is he, how old, is he 36? How old is he, 36, 37? He's got some age on him as well. He's in ripping Nick, and he continually, continually looks good. He is as an athlete, and you've got to put Novak as an athlete. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a specimen as well. But as a sports person, I reckon Brady's got him covered because he's got that special something that LeBron just didn't have. If, if LeBron had that a little bit more, you know, he might have six or seven sort of rings, and that goat conversation gets a bit tougher. That, that was the – I tried to leave it half open, Cal, because I want everyone to be able to put their own little slants on it, and you've done exactly that. There's – there's arguments for LeBron James. There's arguments for John Jones. There's arguments for Tom Brady, and I love it. And since I continually made you wait, I'm going to give you a $50 e-gift card to the House of Golf. Do you play golf? Yeah, I'll try to anyway. Okay, well, you know, it doesn't matter if you try to. You're going to look good doing it now. All thanks to the House of Golf, mate. So appreciate you calling and, uh, and hanging on. All thanks to the House of Golf, your one-stop shop for all things golf. All right, Bruno is in Melton. Hello, Bruno. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Take it away, mate. Um, Kathy Freeman, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, John Aloisi from Socceroos. Yeah, it's uh, too magical. In fact, you could absolutely argue that those two athletes are central to one and two greatest moments in Australian sporting history. I don't want to get into that right now, but Kathy Freeman on a Monday night uh, with the weight of the nation on her shoulders at a home Olympic Games and John Aloisi for what he was able to do with the weight of his the nation on his shoulders to uh, to put the Socceroos into something that hadn't been for a long time. Exactly right. I couldn't I couldn't say it any better than what you said. Bruno, appreciate your call, mate. Thank you. Let's get to a Chris, who's down in Tassie in Georgetown. Hello, Chris. How are you, mate? How are things? I'm well, mate. Now, this is going to be sort of uh, a bit harsh towards the weather in Tasmania, but it's a gorgeous day here in Melbourne. The Tassie weather isn't always ideal. What is it today? Mate, it's like Northern Territory down here today. Beautiful weather. <laughs> love it. Love it. Mate, what do you got for me? Um, I think this woman could be exactly what you're looking at, Katie Ledecky. Katie Ledecky, absolutely in this conversation. Of course, seven-time Olympics, you know, I think 22, 23 world championships and, and did it from a young age and did it with a great deal of grace. So there is, and she's still only 26. It, it, you know what? This is the remarkable thing. When you see someone and you talk about the 2012 London Olympics and she was central to it in the pool, you think to yourself, oh, she must be you know, in her 30s now, well into it. No, 26 and still a huge part of this swimming depth that involves, you know, Ariane Titmus and, of course, Summer McIntosh, the, the young Canadian teenager who's rising the ranks very quickly. So uh, you're right, it's longevity. We talk about longevity in a lot of sports and swimming is one that uh, Katie Ledeck is absolutely involved in, mate. We appreciate your call. No problem. Still haven't found that person. Ray's in Bayswater. Ray, hello to you. Oh, man, how are you? I'm doing well, man. What's on today? What are you doing? You're working? You're relaxing? What are you doing? No, actually, I live in an aged care facility, mm-hmm. so I'm under no stress whatsoever. You know what? That's the way it should be every single day, and it looks like you've clocked life right now. Talk to me, Ray. What do you got, athlete-wise? Oh, going back a fair way, but I believe Heather Mackay might be the lady you're looking for. It, it, it isn't, but Heather Mackay, what a superstar. What, what appeals to you? Around Heather Mackay, like what? What is what is your number one thing when you think Heather Mackay? 
unbeatable. Mm-hmm. She was in, in a. So we we talk about transcending sports, and we talk about you know e- exposing a. I don't want to say a minor sport because that that sounds absolutely harsh towards a great game of squash, but a squash, but it's not necessarily a a sport that necessarily got a great deal of props. I I firmly believe that if. Heather Mackay was playing in the social media age. Squash would be a hell of a lot more chatted about than, than what it is. Oh, it'd be vastly more popular. It's very popular in a lot of overseas countries. Mm-hmm. Um, she was something a bit special when it came to that game. She most certainly was, and I appreciate your call, Raiders. Continue to uh, talk sport and, and love to hear from you as well, mate. Have a wonderful afternoon. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Open line is open there. The, the person I'm looking for, female. She is, she is female. She is... A, I think she's... I'm, I'm just going to... I think she's an, Olympi- she's an Olympic athlete. That's what I'm talking about. She is most decorated in her sport. And no one's mentioned her yet on the Werribee Kia open line. It's an automatic prize when you name this person. Uh, let's get to Ash in Mooney Ponds on one three hundred seven three six. 736. Ash, as I welcome you into the Werribee Key open line, you've been blowing up the 40 Wings temper text. I assume you know exactly who I want and what name I want spoken about. I reckon I might have your girl. It's uh, Simone Biles, Abs- uh, Olympic gymnast. Yeah, absolutely. And, and she is the greatest gymnast of all time. She's, again, you talk about transcending sports. She's been able to do that in a sport that is, again, I, I use the word minor, and, I, and that sounds way too harsh because it's not a minor sport, but in the eyes of many, in particular in the US, that is dominated by the, the four major sports, gymnastics is a little lower before, but she transcends the sport. She's someone that has done a huge amount in and out of the, the gymnastics arena and uh, what she's been able to do and stand up and the strength in, in many different aspects against evil at different times as well. She deserves absolute plaudits. So Simone Biles was the name I was looking for, Ash. You only text through about 16 times, so I'm glad you finally got through on the phone line, mate. Yeah, I think she's even got a uh, somersault named after her now. Well, she should because she continually just made up new moves. And when you're a pioneer and you're so dominant, there should be a move named after her. So I, I, I don't know that for certain, but I'll take your word for it. It doesn't stun me at all. Okay. Now, Ash, why are you here? Yeah. What, what do you want? You want to you want a round of golf for Club Mandalay? Do you want a Batoki ham or you want a Peter Jackson voucher? Oh, the golf sounds fantastic. Done. Club Mandalay is fantastic. Head out. Ash, appreciate your call. Clubmandalay.com.au to get involved. You won 18 holes of golf for you and a mate. You get a card also. And if you haven't won one yet, we'll be back tomorrow to do the exact same thing with Club Mandalay. But you can get 18 holes of golf for two with drinks and a card midweek for just $99. Clubmandalay.com. Dot AU. We're going to squeeze a, break, a little break in, more of your calls, and a very special guest, Jake Fraser-McKirk, to join us on Afternoons. Afternoons on SEN. Cam Luke in for Dwayne Russell. Very shortly, like minutes away, Jake Fraser-McKirk's going to join us. So I'm going to get straight through these Werribee Key open line calls. Of course, it's all about the best athlete, sportsman or woman, or however you look at it. It's the best thing about this, this century. So I, I really just want a name and a real quick summary before we get to our man, Jake. Let's go to Bill and Adelaide. Bill, who you got? Hey, mate, how are you? Good, man. 
Uh, what about Steph Gilmore? Someone else might have said it. I've been working, but world titles in 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 14, 18, and 22. Her ability to pick up off the back of Lane Beachley as well, of course. And surfing's been nominated a lot, Kelly Slater, although... As I touched on, he had world championships in the 90s, so the criteria doesn't exactly fit, although he's a star. Absolutely. Gilmore, absolutely involved, Bill, in this conversation. Appreciate your call. Michael is in Waddle Glen. Michael, hello to you. G'day, Kane. Merry Christmas. And to you. It's Mickey, Mickey here. No, g'day, um, Mickey. I love, I love a game of golf at Club Mandalay. <laughs> um, Melbourne United, do you think they can go all the way? Uh, look, I've got a very special guest tomorrow in studio. Chris Golding's going to join me in the studio tomorrow. And I'll, I'll ask him that question. But my belief is, Mickey, that, yeah, Melbourne United are the best team in the NBL. They were disappointing on Sunday, to be fair. And Cairns, what we do in sport, we, we focus too much on the team that lost rather than giving the props to the good team. But Cairns were brilliant. But, yes, I think Melbourne United are the best team in the NBL. But Chris Golding tomorrow in studio, and we'll have that conversation. Mickey, love your call, love your passion. And appreciate it. Uh, David, David, it's going to go David in Packenham and then the star, Jake Fraser-McKirk. It's a big minute away. David, take it away, man. You got an answer for me? Yeah, Cam. How are you, mate? Good. Good. Um, Alcott, I don't know why he hasn't been mentioned yet in terms of what he's done by putting Paralympians on the map, putting a face to um, Paralympic sport in Australia, but 17 single Grand Slam wins eight double Grand Slam wins, three gold medals at the Paralympians in tennis and one in basketball. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably, if not what the greatest Paralympian we've had. We, we talk a lot about dual-code athletes, and he, he's at the top of that list and, and probably doesn't get mentioned anywhere enough. You are right, Dylan Alcott, who does a great thing uh, in the sporting arena, but also outside of it, of course. Uh, brilliantly said. Great nomination, David. Love it. Dylan Alcott. He did get thrown towards me a little earlier on the uh, 40 Winks temper text as well. But, David, that's a great nomination. All right, we've got to park the calls just quickly because we've got a man who I believe. Now, the Big Bash starts tonight. He starts tomorrow night. We'll see him in Geelong on Sunday. Jake Fraser-McCurk is in ripping form, and the Big Bash is right up his alley, as we know, when he joins us now. G'day, buddy. Hey, Ken. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, excited to have a chat to you. Hey, mate, you're in ripping form, of course. Well, one day, you're just taking it to the absolute slaughterhouse, any bowler the Sims of fronts up. You must be really excited to enter this season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, um, the past few seasons for the Big Bash have sort of come in um, and, and not been too confident. And, and it's good to see that this year, you know, I've come in with a bit of a different mindset and, and hopefully I can continue the, the start of the season through the Big Bash. When somebody's in a, a rich vein of form like you have been, there's always like certain to, uh, sort of turning points or, or things maybe tangible or non-tangible that they realise or enjoy a little bit more. When, when you're in this type of form, is there is there anything that you look at that you might have changed or you realise or you're feeling more comfortable about that you haven't quite been able to get to yet in his cricket career? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's just, you know, just going out there with, with a bit more confidence and, and being 100% committed to my processes and, and everything like that. Just because, you know, last few seasons I, I'd go out there and not really be, you know, confident in, in what I can do, sort of questions about whether I, I'm good enough to be at this level. Um, but then this year I sort of said stuff that I'm just going to go out there and, and pretty much, you know, just bat the way I bat and, and hopefully it works and, and it has so far. 
just on that, is that something you, you sort of realise yourself you, you, if you're thinking about the game or is it someone you speak to? Is it a teammate? Is it a coach? Is it a, a sports psychologist? How, how, do you, how do you start to realise to try and just play more on instinct than overthinking it? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, we've, got, we've got many people at, um, at South Australia who, who helped me out with that. Uh, batting coach, Stephen Subbing, he's, um, he's really good. He just says, go out there and, and just completely trust your process 100%. And then working with the, um, with the mindset coach, Dave Stevenson, he's, um, he's also really good. I've, I've had a fair bit to do with him. And, and yeah, we're, we're working on some good routines and some good processes to go through when I'm out there in the middle. Is it something now that you know, when you're talking about the processes and the, and the routine, both on and off the, the cricket pitch, is it something that becomes more natural within yourself as, as the weeks sort of go by? Or do you have to find yourself keeping to remind yourself to make sure you stay in the, the frame of mind and the process continues to stay the same? Yeah, definitely. I think um, at the start when I was trying it out and, you know, obviously it's a change and you're going to have to train it and, and all that, but you have to get used to it. And and um, in the period right where I am now, I'm, I'm sort of getting used to it, but I'm still still definitely reminding myself the um, you know the things that I the, I say, the things that I do on a daily basis. I'm very interested, mate. Any any professional athlete that I have the privilege to chat to, and they're in an incredible situation, I'm always wondering what's going through their mind. So I need to ask you, you make 125 off 38 balls. You just go absolutely ham when, when you're out there and you're seeing them like not even beach balls, like whatever it's something bigger than a beach ball is. And you're in that form. What, what are you, what are you thinking at the time? Are you, are you understanding the entertainment and you're supplying every single cricket fan or are you just trying to make sure you stay with that process? Like it, it was a remarkable innings. And it's one that honestly, as we continue to talk about innings for Australian cricketers for a long period of time, we're going to talk about it. What goes through your mind in that moment? Yeah, I think it's just, we, we call it the flow state. So mm-hmm. when, when we're in that sort of position, which is, is not going to happen every single game, um, yeah, it's called the flow state. And you want to you wanna try and get to that position every time you bat and working out a way we can do that. But obviously, some days you're just having an absolute day out and it all just happens naturally and you're just not really thinking of absolutely anything. Like, it, your mind is clear as you like and you're just watching the ball and trying to hit it. And that's literally all I was thinking. Are you, are you a chatter? Are you, are you a chatter to a bowler or a fieldsman? Not in a necessarily negative way, but is there conversation flowing at all between the batsman and the bowler in that situation? No, not a lot. It depends if I like if I know I know the bowler or any of the fielders, and you know had some like time together or anything like that. Like I was last week against the Vicks, I was talking to most of them because <laughs> you know I knew them and I grew up with them. So, yeah, that was good. But in that specific innings, no, nah, nothing there. Just just on that and that move to South Australia, you, you touch on the, the processes and the and the routines and the continual development of yourself. Was was the South Australian move and the, the reasons for it or what you've been able to gain experience-wise on the back of it been a big part of that? Yeah, I definitely put uh, put that as a massive part of it, definitely. Um, just a change of environment, you know, change of sort of scenery, um, everything's a bit more relaxed in, in Adelaide. So I think that's sort of transitioned into the way I play my cricket at the moment. All right, let's get into this big bash season because as I said off the top, I, I think you're a man who's absolutely going to be absolutely ready for it. Uh, your kickstart, I actually want to ask you this. Do you, do you find it unique? The Renegades kind of have two home games, uh, two home grounds. You have GMHBA Stadium down in, 
in Geelong, where you'll kickstart your home season on Sunday, but also Marvel Stadium, which is unique in its own right. How do you find it? Um, I find it okay. I think most players find it okay because um, the domestic players, you know, we've obviously, like, say, South Australia, we've Adelaide Oval, and then you've also got Karen Rolton. So you're mixing home grounds there as well, you know, Victoria MCG in yep. the junction. So it, it's nothing new, and I think um, I think the boys are sort of well well acclimated to it. Um, and then the overseas, obviously, they've played all around the world, so they're, they're pretty comfortable with it, I'd say. Do you spend much time looking at the bowling lineup and a particular way you're going to approach it, or in the T20 format, is it just go out there, get in your groove, feel your instinct, and away you go? You have a look at the bowlers and, and you see your matchups and things like that, but um, you always got to you know do your homework, especially in this form of the game, see what they've got, um, see what variations they bowl, and then you know look at the wicket and assess conditions and go from there. Just on that, is is that so? When you're sitting down and you're and you're looking at you know the bowlers and the homework and all the rest of it, is, is that a is that a batsman group thing or is it individual? Um, it's more individual what you want out of it. We have an an analytics guy, uh, Lloyd Mash at the Renegades, who, who helps you out there, and you just ask him whatever you need, and he, he supports that. So, yeah, he's he's been really good. Um, he gets all the video sources and everything like that. So, so yeah, um, it's more individual, um, but sometimes we have batting meetings to just go through our, our plans and things like that as well. You did offer us a lot of highlights last year, in particular in the field, mate. You are, you're feeling that type of energy, and when those type of things happen in, in spectacular ways, that it, it is contagious, both from your team and the crowd. Do you feel that on the field? Yeah, yeah, definitely, especially when I'd sort of be fielding um, on the boundary and all the, all the young kids at the front are asking me for a nice, another nice catch. So, um, yeah, it, it's good to be sort of someone that those, those kids can come to games and hopefully get a nice highlight out of or something like that, which which is nice. Now, just before we do let you go, mate, it's a huge tournament and you're in great form, but there's always a little extra edge, I think, to a T20 domestic season when there's a T20 World Cup in the calendar year. Do, do, do you allow yourself to, to think about that? Because I, I think it adds a little bit of incentive for so many players in our own domestic big bash. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure a lot of players think about that, but for me, I just go out there and think about one game at a time and not look too far ahead into the future. Um, yeah, so all my focus is really on this next game against the Sixers on Friday. And it comes back to the processes and the routines of which you touched on and the fact you're playing so great cricket, mate. So uh, firstly, congratulations on a really nice start at South Australia in a couple of formats and good luck for the Renegades into the Big Bash. Thanks, Cam. Thanks for having me, mate. And it all starts tonight on the SN Radio Network. It starts tomorrow night for Jake and the crew of the Renegades and in Geelong for the Victorians as well on Sunday. And off the text just quickly. There we go. JFM is a gun golfer too. Absolutely flushes it. Well, the way that he swings the willow around, there's no real surprise that he does a similar thing with a three-wood. He's a star. Get involved. Werby Key open line, of course, one 736 736. Amy Drew of the news. Not too far away, Josh Gabbard, to join us from AFL Media, keeping a particular eye on the Bulldogs. SEN Afternoons. Cam Luke in for Dwayne Russell, who's preparing for a huge 2024, of course. The 40 Wings Temper Text is always fired up. You know the number. If you don't, you ready? 0433. 98 11 16 is for the all new temper text. The all new temper pro temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper mattress 
like no other. It is fired up. Josh Gablich is around five minutes away. Let's have a little look. Uh, now, the question today has been this century. But I'm going to read this out because this text is correct, but not around this conversation. It goes, Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods turned their respective sports into multi-billion dollar worldwide juggernauts. There isn't anything that comes close in the GOAT debate. Not around this necessarily necessary chat, but yes, I agree with that text wholeheartedly. Kip Chogi worth a mention, Cadmus, our man Tommy. Absolutely, he deserves a mention. What he's been able to do in the world of athletics, in the world of marathon running in particular, it's been a, um, well, it's been a hell of a career and he's still got a little while to go. He's so fast. He's been able to, of course, continually roll around and he's still someone who's done it, who's doing it now. He's He's been there in... Uh, on the track, he's been an Olympic medalist on the track, and he's been, of course, gold medalist back-to-back in the marathon, Rio, and then into Tokyo. So no doubt Kipchoge absolutely deserves a mention as one of, you know, maybe not the greatest this century, but absolutely someone who's there. Uh, Simone Biles is coming through a lot. Elise Perry off the text as well. Um uh, Max Verstappen, and a lot of people suggesting Verstappen over Lewis Hamilton. That's from Simon and Frankson in particular. Alison Felix, Mark from Hobart, continuing the track and field chat. Of course, Alison Felix, star. Hey, feel the power, Taylor. Absolutely. I don't know. I love my darts as much as everyone who sits at home and watches it, but I'm no major expert on it. But he is a 16-time world champion. I don't know the exact breakdown of when he did and won those world championships. Of course, they had plenty after 2000, but there was no doubt. Uh, Serena Williams robbed in this discussion. Uh, I said it earlier. I believe Serena Williams is the greatest tennis player of our generation. Her ability just to break hearts of absolute superstar tennis players. And the women's game of tennis lends itself to inconsistencies. And I think that works at different points because there was a time where we'd have a world number one who just couldn't win a major. But Serena Williams, who was able to just find her rhythm into major championships, into grand slams. And that's why I have her as the, the greatest tennis player of, of, of this generation. And uh, but then you got the Djokovic, Federer and Nadal conversation where there are many pros who continually put one of those names as number one. But I'm a huge, huge Serena Williams fan and she absolutely deserves to be in this conversation. The 40 Wings Temper Tex, as always, is fired up for the all-new Temper Pro. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever. It's here. Temper, a mattress like no other. That's Minnesota by a couple of points over the Spurs. Minnesota are good. San Antonio are not. The lead is now out to five, if you're that way, NBA inclined. A very quick break. Josh Gablich, all things AFL, on the other side of this. Afternoons on SEN. It's Dwayne's World. Cam Luke in for the pipe all across the SEN radio network. You can get involved. Very simple. In fact, even simpler. The temper text is fired on up. Make sure you do that. 0433981116. Or the Werribee Kia open line always open. 1300-736-736. Drew McSwain, Australian Olympian. He's not far off as we get into a big summer of athletics. He's going to join me in the studio. But right now, let's talk. A little AFL, Josh Gablitz joins us, AFL Media. Hello, buddy. Hello, Cam. Always good to jump on and chat a little bit of footy with you, even in December. It's 
It's December, which kind of feels a little weird, but the fact is Christmas right around the corner, and because of the early start, David King and I spoke about this yesterday. All of a sudden, once Christmas is done, bang, the ball is getting bounced. So while traditionally pre-Christmas doesn't mean all that much, it feels like it's got a little more urgency this year. Yeah, you're spot on. It's exactly the case because uh, they've started back a little bit later. Mm. They've got a, a longer break over the Christmas break. So it's going to come around really quick when we get back in January. I'm looking forward to the first coach to use that as an excuse when their team starts zipping three. But let's start with the Western Bulldogs because there are a lot of questions uh, and underperforming Western Bulldogs in the eyes of many. They've gone into an off-season, into a pre-season, hell-bent on revenge. Let's start Let's start with Marcus Bontempelli because ankle cleanup means he's going to be a little behind the eight ball. Just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you won't be back into full training until January. They were hopeful that he'd start on day one. It's just taken a little bit longer than first expected. But if you're out there next week, you'll see him doing a lot more than he's been doing across the first fortnight. He's been doing heaps inside. I don't know if you've been out to the Witten Oval, but they've got this sensational new facility, which is almost ready to go. The footy, depart, footy part of it is good to go. It looks amazing, and it's amazing inside. And Marcus Bontempelli's been in there on the Ulster G doing heaps of running. So he's not going to be too... Far away. It wasn't a major setback in the end. And if you look at the dogs at the moment, they've actually got a pretty mm. clean bill of health. Adam Trelaw had minor ankle surgery and he's been doing the full program. Artie Jones had both shoulders reconstructed and he's been training. So they're in a pretty good shape in terms of their health and fitness right now. It's a big one, isn't it? We, we hear so often that surgeries, off-season surgeries, regardless of when they are held, can stop the momentum of a player and then a list. The fact is, now Marcus Bondapalli by far the the best Bulldog, but it is a small number when it comes to qual- uh, quantity. So there are things that Luke Beveridge means he can get his majority of his list kind of together from day dot. Yeah, spot on. And there's been so much change across the off-season, not just in terms of playing personnel with James Harms and Nick Caulfield coming across, Lockie Bramble on this side last Monday when the SSP window opened. But there's been so much change, of course, in that football department with Matt Egan coming across, Jared Geary, Daniel Pratt, Alex Johnson. So they've all been on mm-hmm. the track. I saw them out there yesterday running a lot of the sessions. So it is a real fresh feel out at Footscray at the moment. Josh, what we do in the media is we sometimes do overreact. Uh, and that is going to happen today, tomorrow, next week, round one, round 19, all the rest of it. But sometimes when there's an overreaction that is good, it gives you positivity to the fans. And the dogs were very active when it comes to trading and making sure they get up on the draft board, and they did exactly that to get Riley Sanders, a young man who was, of course, in a major conversation over the course of the AFL season leading up to that draft, can play, no one questioning that, but the fact is hit the ground running and in really good form is a big thing for the red, white, and blue. Yeah, spot on. And there's just over 100 days between now and round one, so a lot needs to go right between now and that first game against Melbourne for him to be picked in round one. But I reckon if they're picking the team right now, he's almost in it. He's had such a great start yep. to his first pre-season. It's on the back of an unbelievable 18th year. I mean, his form this year was sensational. It's why he was taken where he was taken. But the dogs are thrilled with the way he's turned up. He came second in the 2K time trial behind Bailey Smith and has really stood out on the track in his first fortnight. So a lot of excitement around him and a, and a fair sense of confidence that he's going to play a heap of senior footy next year. And if you look at the rising star field, it is really stacked. Obviously, Harley Reid, heap of excitement around him. And even 
the likes of George Wardlaw and Elijah Sardis still being eligible next year. But I reckon Riley Sanders is going to be one we're going to be talking about in that space across next year. A couple of players I think Bulldogs fans would like to just know about. Sam Darcy being a really frustrating, interrupted couple of years, of course. We know how talented he is expected and is actually going to be. But how has he looked early doors? He's looked good. He remains in Melbourne and, and trained at the club for most of the off-season. I was told he was one of those players that was in almost every day or every second day. So he's obviously coming off a really frustrating first two years at AFL level. Only to manage the seven games. He's had just so many unique injuries with the, the hole in his lung, the broken jaw, the stress fracture in his foot that just wouldn't go away early days. So he's fit. He's looking strong. It's going to be interesting to see where he's played across the preseason because he's played a little bit of everywhere across his first two years at the Western Bulldogs in the ruck down back up forward. So intrigued to see where he plays across the summer heading into next year, but he's fit and firing right now. And you mentioned the 2K time trial. Bailey Smith is never, never really far away from conversation for about a million different reasons and majority of them positive, but into a free agency year, we know he's a work machine when it comes to being on the track and that, that two came time and that two K time trial that you speak about Riley Sanders was dominated by Smith, wasn't it? He was, he was first past the post. It's on the back of going to the States with Nick Dacos and having that highly publicized training camp with, with monster energy, their personal sponsor, but he's come back in, in great condition and, I mean, there's obviously going to be so much focus on Bailey Smith across this summer heading into round one because if we think back to the final round of the season, we didn't see him in the end. He was a laid out late in the week ahead of that game against Geelong and obviously the Bulldogs didn't play finals. Heading into a contract year, there's going to be a great deal of focus on him. But right now, he's ticking all the right boxes, which is a big positive from a Footscray perspective. Josh Gablitz joins us from AFL Media. You can find all his great work, afl.com. Dot .au. CJ gone to Qatar. Did he go by himself? He hasn't gone just yet. He's actually okay. going during the Christmas break. So okay. he's going to go in his own time. And he's going with the long-time uh, head physio, Andrew Lambert at Hawthorne. And he's going to spend the best part of a week over there. And the reason they're sending him at this time of the year is they wanted to get him back to full fitness. And he's almost at that point right now. I've spent a bit of time out at Waverley Park in the last few weeks. And doing more and more at the moment. And it's on the back of a really frustrating year. Only managed the eight games in the end with the calf and the Achilles issues that just wouldn't go away. So they're really confident that he's almost back to full fitness. This isn't treatment. It's more for future-proofing his body. They're going to a facility called Aspatar, which Richmond actually just sent Josh Gibkiss to. West Coast sent a few players, including Elliot Yo and, and Jeremy McGovern. It's, it's widely regarded as like the beacon of sports medicine in the world. A lot of really famous footballers from... Europe spend time there. So they're hopeful that this is just the, the cherry on the top of, of getting him back and, and keeping him on the park next year because he is such an important player, but he's had so many niggles across his journey so far. St Kilda, how are they looking? Well, I was out there on Monday, Cam, and we do get excited by draftees and new faces, <laughs> and there was one that won the 3K time trial, Darcy Wilson, who was a first-round pick going back a few weeks now, and he, he he looks a player. There's a lot of excitement around him and his running capacity. I mean, he came second in the 2K time trial at the Combine. So we can get a little bit carried away by time trials at this point in the year. But he's made a great start like Riley Sanders. And he just beat Marcus Wintager and Mateus Filippo in an entertaining 3K time trial. Not many clubs do the 3Ks anymore. So it was interesting to see them do that out at RSCA Park. And 
unlike the Bulldogs, have actually got a stack of players in the rehab mm. group right now and some really key players, including Max King and Jack Steele and Brad Crouch and Mason Wood. They're all sort of a, a, a month or so away. So come January, most of them will be back to full training. Big one is Max King. They think he might actually be back to full training as soon as next week. So it's coming off further shoulder surgery at the end of the season. He had so many shoulder issues across the past 12 months. So that'd be a big plus if they can get him back in the main group before Christmas. The surgeries, which has been well documented, is a big thing for me at St Kilda because they did such a great job of hitting the ground running at the start of this year. And they were able to springboard that momentum into what was, in the end, a, a really successful year. I know the finals or the final wasn't exactly uh, what they had hoped, but the fact is that they were able to kickstart their year with that list and it was able to carry through. If you have that surgery and you can't get your key players, you just mentioned, going up nice and early, it can snowball the other way. So hopefully the Max King news and Steele and all the rest of them off surgery are sooner rather than later because I think it's it's key for St Kilda to be able to flag a fair bit of confidence and momentum from the first bounce. It's a good point. I think they've had the most surgeries from the Victorian clubs at least, to my knowledge at this point. So as long as it doesn't get closer to February and there's still a, a large chunk in the rehab group, Mitch Owens is doing a little bit on the side in the rehab group at the moment, and he's coming off such a good year. So there's just a the handful of them, and they're a slight concern at the moment, but not a concern if they're all back up and going at the start of January. And Tim Membry was back on the track good. on Monday. He spent a lot of the off-season training at RSCA Park, been a real permanent fixture in there. So he did the two uh, the 3K time trial, and he's up and running, which is a big positive. Outstanding. Hey, before I do let you go, Lockie Sullivan has been an outstanding VFL player. His last two years have been nuts. He's, he's widely regarded as one of the best in the VFL, 30 touches a game. And he's now, well, the, the thought was maybe he might have ended up somewhere else, but he's ended up at Collingwood as part of, is about five or six players nominated or invited down to train. Talk to me about Lockie Sullivan and, and where he goes from here. Well, Ken, it sounds like you're all across Lockie Sullivan. He is one of the best midfielders in the state leagues. He's 26 at the moment. I would like after the draft, that maybe the ship had sailed for him because the Western Bulldogs did show a little bit of interest in him. They've shown in the past that they do look at Footscray and they do promote from within, but they overlooked him and they used their SSP spot on Lockie Bramble. So there was a fear that maybe his final chance had gone past him, but Collingwood have picked up the phone in the past week and he started there yesterday and they've really embraced the, the pre-season supplemental selection period this summer. They've got six players trialling, which is a big, big number. Obviously, they've got three spots plus the damn stay spot if mm-hmm. they open that, so they really can have four between now and that deadline in uh, in mid-Feb. But Lockie Sullivan, a, a real star, won the MVP at VFL level this year, won his second best in Ferris, came third in the Liston Trophy. He's been a star for a long time at VFL level. And there are a lot of people at that level that really want to see him get an opportunity. So hopefully it goes his way across the summer. Big thing is, I, I look at it, and there's a lot of players in the VFL or at state leagues right around the nation that continually get big numbers, do great things, play in good teams, be you know, best and fairest winners or, or team of the year representatives. And then they don't get opportunities because AFL clubs look at the negatives or find a weakness, whatever it might be. We did that with Michael Gibbons or clubs did that with Michael Gibbons year in, year out. They finally give him a crack and he played some good footy for Carlton. I can see Lockie Sullivan being similar. I, I, again, there's clearly a weakness or two that AFL clubs are a little nervous about. But if he ends up on that list at Collingwood and he fights his way in and gets an opportunity, I think he's a guy who'll play good AFL football. I'm with you. I'm a huge Lockie Sullivan fan. Love what he's done 
at Footscray level. He's probably going to be going head-to-head with Jack Vitale, who is delisted by St Kilda. He's also trolling for a spot, so intrigued to see how they go there. And Campbell Husslate is the other one, captain of Collingwood's VFL side, who's also trolling alongside Josh Eyre. So you can see some of the matchups here in terms mm. of the trial spots, which is all part of this. I mean, Collingwood's got a really diverse mix that are trolling ahead of Christmas. Sam Sofranides is the most niche one. He plays at collisions in the ammos and has been a star at that level for some time and has been invited to trial as well. So intrigued to see what they do, but they've got a lot of confidence on the back of Oleg Markov's success this year. They didn't sign him until February and come the end of September and become the Premiership player. No doubt. Hey, Josh, as always, appreciate your time. You're a big part of SEN, huge part of Sports Day, and, of course, Sunday crunch time. If we don't talk prior to Christmas, have a great break. Enjoy it and look forward to hearing you a lot more on SEN in 2024. Thanks, Cam. Always good to chat. AFL Media's Josh Gablich. Jump on afl.com.au to check it all out. A quick break. Plenty more Dwayne's World next. Afternoons on SEN. Right around Australia, the SEN Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in for a Thursday. Cam Luke in for Dwayne Russell, who will be back in the 2024. Stewie McSwain, about half hour away. He's going to jump into the studio. Olympian, middle distance running, absolute deep right now, both men's and women's here in Australia. So Stewie McSwain would join me as we start to gear up for the Australian Summer of Athletics, Chemist Warehouse, the driving force of it. So looking forward to Stu McSwain rolling in and having a chat. I've got prizes galore to give away still. Okay, $100 Peter Jackson voucher, a $50 e-gift card, all thanks to the House of Golf, and a Pataki ham. It simply wouldn't be Christmas without a Pataki ham. So it's quite simple. The question that has fired up the Werribee Key open line, Taylor Swift, Times Person of the Year, announced overnight. But we are nearly a quarter of a century in. So since 2000, who is number one in the world of sports? For you, everyone has different looks at this. This is the best thing about this conversation and this topic. Everyone has a different criteria as to why this particular person you are presenting is number one. Jacob's in Perth. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. A Good morning to you, Jacob. How are you doing? Uh, good, mate. Yeah, you got me by 55 minutes, mate. Dave. It was a lovely morning, sunny old Perth. How are Love you? It. I'm really good, mate. We've got a sunny afternoon, so I'm glad there's some good weather right around the country. What do you got for us? Hey, I'm just um, touching base to make a quick note on your uh, sporting goat, mate. Yep. I think there's... um, I haven't heard of this bloke's name get thrown around too much on um, in the last hour or two, but it has to be Michael Phelps, does it not? His name... Bloke, um, <laughs> Go on. Sorry, he, the bloke's won, I don't even know how many gold medals, about 20 or something, over four different Olympics, yep. five different, um, obviously, his freestyle butterfly, individual medleys and medleys. Like, it's um, it's absolutely insane what that guy's done. It is. Uh, look, 28 medals, 23 of those were gold, world championship. I'm, I'm, that was Olympics I was talking about, by the way. World championship, likewise. So you're right, Jake. You've got mentioned a couple of times, but anytime we're talking about one of the absolute greats, Absolute greats. There's no doubt that Michael Phelps has to be involved in that as well. Absolutely, mate. Enjoy your day, son. Beautifully done. Uh, let's get to uh, Tony, who is in Croydon Hills. Hello to you, Tony. Hey, how are you, Luke? Take it away, mate. What do you got for me? 
Uh, I've got three girls that haven't been mentioned yet, and I think they're magnificent. One's Maccabi Diva. Yes. One is Black Caviar, and the other one is Winx. So this is a conversation that we had a little earlier as well because leaving it open actually leads to the fact that there are people who can find equine athletes as athletes, and that's a conversation for uh, a different day. But you're right. If, you, if you're a horse fan and you, and you love the way that the best horses in this particular country have gone about it, then they need to be included, right? Yeah, well, what Winx has done is, like, you, you, you can't... You can't... Um... Yeah, it's just amazing. Absolutely. And uh, again, uh, we, you, oh, I've used this a lot today. The the very fact is that when you look at it, you've got to be able to transcend your sport to be able to be involved in a conversation such as this. And, you know, Winx, Black Caviar, Maccabi Diva all did that in, in different ways, different distances, different races, of course, but they were able to make non-horse racing fans want to be involved in horse racing in a participation or at least in a spectator way at a very bare minimum. So uh, I like, I like where your head's at there, Tony. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Beautifully done. Off the t- eight. Now, actually, this is not a bad one. I just had this sent to me. This is not a bad little gag here. This is from uh, Hayden Murdoch, who on, on X is on fire. He just hit me up. I, I He goes, it's cumbersome, not lumbersome. So I think I might have used the wrong word in my chat with Josh Gablett, so I do apologise. How you snared a media career is up there with Nickelback in the Bermuda Triangle. Hayden, thank you, my man. I appreciate that. Hey, you're right. Occasionally I use the wrong word, but Hayden, don't be angry. In fact, what you should do is give me a call on the Werribee Kia open line, one 736 736 and we'll talk about whatever topic you want. But Hayden, thank you for reaching out via Twitter. Uh, Mick is in North, get on one 736 736 Hello, Mick. G'day. Uh, I just wanted, as a Raider fan, I hate Brady, but Brady's definitely up there. And the other is um, Dylan Alcock, I guess. Yeah, Dylan Alcock got nominated a little bit in the previous hour, and, and we talk about multi, uh, multi-code sports and, and athletes, and, and he's someone who's been able to reach the highest of highs when it comes to different sports, Olympic Games, of course, with basketball and with tennis. And then, and again, adds a little bit to this conversation. that The fact is that outside of sport, where do you rate what you do to help your greatness, both as an athlete and as a person. I think that there's no doubt Dylan Alcott has, has done that and continues to do that in spades. So you are right. That that goes into it for a lot of people and, and no doubt he's doing a great job. Yep. Appreciate you. Cool. Chris is in Wallen on 1300 736 736. Of course, the Werribee Kia open line and Werribee Kia awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia Warehouse. Chris, take it away. What do you got? Uh, Billy Slater. I'm not sure if anybody's mentioned him, but everything he's done, is, uh, I reckon, has turned to gold. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to argue that. He's broken the hearts of New South Wales as well in a, uh, in a coaching sense in the last couple of years. And we know exactly what he did both as a player for the Melbourne Storm for a long period of time and then for Queensland when he burst into the, the rugby league territory all those years ago. But there's no doubt that, that Billy Slater, any time we talk great athletes... He has to be mentioned. There was a, uh, I'm not sure whether you've seen or heard of it, but there was a television show many years ago, probably in the early 2000s, that had uh, a number of sporting champions from different, from different sports, you know, AFL, uh, swimming and the like, and they competed in what was almost like an SAS tournament, you know, rope climbing and abseiling and all sorts of stuff. 
And I remember Billy Slater, I think, won maybe 10 out of the 11 disciplines that they were, that they were doing. And it just, it, to me, it showed uh, his skill, you know, outside the rugby mm. rugby league it, circuit. But that was the Rex Owner series, right? Uh, that that might have been it. Yeah, the Rexona series. Yeah, I think it was Rexona Sports Star or something. And and the the yeah. thing is, when you watch an athlete do something a little different to their traditional pursuit, uh, it gives us even a greater appreciation. Sometimes, as sports fans, we need to be slapped in the face to appreciate greatness when it's in our right in front of our eyes. And I think a show like that did that. And and Billy Slater proved he is a freak. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. The Ruby Key Open Line is open, and I've got to give prizes away. I need to give prizes away prior to 2.30 because Stewie McSwain's going to be in studio. So I've got a $100 Peter Jackson voucher. Dress up, stand out, be seen in Peter Jackson this summer. The look is everything. Suits start from $3.99. I've got a $50 E gift card to the House of Golf. The weather is perfect. You get some time off, I imagine, over the festive season. Perfect time to get involved, play some golf. It is your one-stop shop for all things golf. And, of course, a Pataki ham. Everybody loves a Pataki ham. It simply wouldn't be Christmas without a Pataki ham. So we have got essentially 15 minutes to take your calls on the Werribee Kia open line around this topic and give some prizes away. Chris is in Cranbourne. Hello to you, Chris. Yeah, g'day. Shane Van Gisbergen. Star, isn't he? You there? Yeah, you got me, Chris. He's a star. Yeah, he is the one. He's, he's right up there. I, I think there is no doubt from an Australian sporting sense in the last you know decade or even a bit more, Van Gisbergen, although he's not an Australian, but uh, close enough to it where he competes uh, within our domestic parameters. He's certainly involved in that conversation. I've got him a little lo- a little lower worldwide, but there's no doubt, Chris, that Shan Van Gisbergen is a superstar. Craig's in Glayton. Uh, Greg, rather, is in Clayton. Hello, Greg. Yeah, hi. How are you, Sam? Good, man. Take hey, it away. Sam, sorry. Nah, no dramas uh, at all. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I get compared to Sam Hargraves a lot, and I take it as a massive compliment, so no dramas at all. Take it away. You're both superstars, right? Both superstars. <laughs> That's what oh, Sam Hargraves says as well. I've got one out of left. The Australian men's indoor cricket team is undefeated for the whole of this century. The whole of this century, they're undefeated. undefeated in finals, yes, World Cup, World Cup champions. Now, do they do they have it? Look, I'll, I'll be honest, Greg. I don't know a great deal about the Australian indoor cricket team. Do they have a nickname? Yep. So they play England. Uh, South Africa, Sri Lanka, India. Um, I'm sure I'm missing quite a few. New Zealand. Yeah, so it's a world. world. That's, oh, we lost you. But absolutely. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you this, Greg. I was absolutely 100% unaware of it. But to be undefeated this century in major finals is a credit to everything they're doing right. Yeah, it's pretty damn good, isn't it? Bloody oath it is. Hey, Greg, appreciate your call, man. Thanks, bud. Love a Bataki ham. You know what? Since you are so nicely, you can have one. There you go, Greg. Because you alerted me to something, and probably many listeners, of something that was unknown, Bataki ham is yours. It simply wouldn't be Christmas without a Bataki ham, and uh, Greg, it's going your way. Dean in Crib Point. Hello to you, Dean. Hi. Um, I was thinking about, uh, what's his name, Cadell Evans winning the uh, 
the Tour de France, and I think it was two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, I think yes. I think it was too. Yes. Good effort, wasn't you know, it? He, you know, he fell off and got back up, but he he never gave up, and mm-hmm. he got got there in the end. You know. He absolutely did. It was a a wonderful Australian sporting moment and one that we'd waited so long for the Tour de France here in Australia and Cadell Evans delivered in spades. Dean, appreciate your call, man. As always, the Werribee Kia open line is open. 1-300-736-736. We're going to squeeze a break in. We've got plenty of text to get through. Uh, Stuart McSwain's not too far away. In fact, I see him stretching out there in the foyer, so we might get to him in very shortly. In fact, he might give us a little insight into who I believe is number one this century, both being athletes at similar events over the last decade or so. The 40-wing stepper text line is open. Just before we get to the break, we might get to a couple of these. A lot of people pushing Kelly Slater. And I'm not here to suggest that Kelly Slater is not a legend. The parameter, the only one I set was it had to be this century. Five of his 11 were this year. I checked and uh, five of his 11. So Kelly Slater in the conversation, absolutely no doubt. Superstar. He did. He changed the world when it comes to surfing. Uh, Djokovic for me, just because of the competition, he's the greatest among greats. That's from Dave. Now, I, I don't I don't know anything about wrestling. I know A right out the back is a big wrestling guy. So, um, hi, Cam. You need to acknowledge the head of the table our tribal chief, WWE Universal Champion for more than 1,100-plus days, Roman Reigns, as the greatest sports star of all time. I, I, and I mean this in no disrespect to Roman. I have no idea about wrestling. So I'm going to take your word for it that he's a freak at what he does. I'll also point this out. This is what off the text. You absolute clown saying Serena Williams is better than Federer, Federer Nadal, and Djokovic. All three would beat her six love, six love. I don't really think that's the point of what I was trying to make a little earlier in the day, but always love using the uh, the temper text. Shane's in Mentone. Hello to you, Shane. Hey, mate. How are you? I'm good, man. What do you got for me? Well, I reckon Wayne Beachley just squeezes in. Mm. There was a uh, There was a couple of nominations earlier for Lane. There's no doubt what she did. Couple in the nineties, and then more world titles into the two thousands, and and really yeah. set the path, didn't she? The the precedent, of course. Steph Gilmore picked up the baton and ran with it on the back of Lane Beachley when it comes to world titles. But we've got such a rich tradition in surfing, both men and women. Yeah, she was a champ, that's for sure. Beautifully done. Hey, appreciate your call, Shane. In fact, you play golf. Ah, uh, yes, mate. I do. All right. Do you want a fifty dollar e gift card to the House of Golf? Oh, yeah. Why not, mate? I appreciate it. Tell you what, Shane, absolutely appreciate it for the call. And uh, indeed. Afternoons on SEN. Cam Luke in for Dwayne Russell right across the SEN network. It is afternoons. We're a key open line. Very much open. one three hundred seven three six. 736. Drew McSwain about to join me in studio. Looking forward to that. Firstly, though, our man Jonathan Zayman from Boom Bet. Get in on the boom with Boom Bet. He is back. And Jay Z, the Big Bash kickstarts tonight. The Heat hosting the Stars. What are the punters thinking? Um, well, it's it's honestly both backs. Both teams are being back today. I mean, obviously, there's considerably different lineups um, from last season. Obviously, Brisbane finishing runners up. Um, 
look to that narrow last over thriller loss against the Perth Scorchers, whereas the Stars finished dead last. But obviously coming in with different lineups, you know, the Stars, I think the Stars will be a handful to deal with with Maxwell, Stoinis and Harris Rolf and coming into the lineup. Um, but unfortunately, they won't they won't be having Harry Brook because of the West Indies England tournament um, tour happening at the moment. But I'm the the one market that's actually getting some attention is Glenn Maxwell for most runs for the Stars at three dollars twenty at the moment, which I think is some value considering how his current form and the World Cup went. So I think Glenn Maxwell for the most runs for the Stars is the way to go if you don't want to back a team to the head to head. But if you do, I think the Stars might get it done. I mean Brisbane are. Uh, considerably weaker this season compared to last. So I'll be back in the stars on Glenn Maxwell for that one. As always, beautifully done, Jay-Z. Thank you. Big start tonight. And, yeah, a little bit of money, a little bit of value with Glenn Maxwell coming in in ripping form. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Get in on the boom with Boom Bet. Imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. All right, quickly, Colin and Hopper's crossing on the Werribee Kia open line. Colin, you got a nomination? Yeah, good day, Cam. I got uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. Mm. He was undefeated, and he was he started in '96, but he went right through the 2000s. I mean, he was unbelievable. That guy. He most certainly was. A nomination has rolled through a couple of times today, actually, and there is no doubt you're going to be at the top of your game year in year out in the boxing world. And he most certainly was. Kevin is in Adelaide, on the greatest athlete, sportsman, a woman number one in sports this century, 23 odd years in. Kev, who you got? Dylan Alcock. What he's done for disabled people in tennis, and you know, just to give people, you know, that ambition to uh, that they can make it to the top even with a disability. Absolutely, and of course, he come through a, a number of times today, both via the uh, the open line and the text, but multi-sport Olympic medalist as well. Kev, great nomination. Mark in Limestone Coast is the last one. Mark, hello to you. Yeah, good day, mate. Yeah, Kelly Slater, hands down. And uh, a couple of days ago, didn't quite have the time to tell you why uh, surfing um, gets the the wooden spoon for me for this uh, this last decade. They've moved the last competition from the Banzai Pipeline to this crappy little break in California. Um, it used to be a crescendo, the the final uh, competition of the year, and now it's just a powder puff. Mark. It sounds disappointing. I'm not going to pretend like I'm 100% across it, but I like your call, and there's no doubt Kelly Slater deserves to be in this conversation. Thank you, Mark, who has joined us. Uh, there you go. On that note, we might just put a little bow today, of course, the greatest athletes or sportsmen or women this particular century. If I squeeze a couple of temper texts in before we are out of here, I will do exactly that. But what I'm trying to do in the summer months is get some superstar athletes into the studio to have a chat, of course, Chris Golding joins me tomorrow. We had Kelsey Brown on Tuesday. Huge guests next week. And honestly, none bigger than this man. He's Olympian. He is ready to go. Australian Summer of Athletics, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse, is almost here. Our speaker, Stewie McSwain, who has joined me in the studio. Stewie, hello to you. Nah, thanks a lot for having me on today. You're watching the NBA, mate. You're caught up at all the screens, aren't you? Yeah, it's an amazing setup. Um, pretty cool to actually come in and see. I've obviously listened to it over the years. I love listening to when you're on. And uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, pretty cool setup we got here. Just before, we'll get, we'll get deeper into how it's all looking for you after the news. But the, the topic today is about uh, greatest athlete, number one in sport this particular century. I, I had Usain Bolt, but there's an argument for like 30 other athletes. A lot of people off the text. You're in the track and field world. You, I assume at some point have come across Usain. Just give us a little bit of a background into Usain Bolt and not just him on track, but the whole experience. 
Yeah, I think obviously Usain's a great shout. Um, the way he was able to dominate for such a long period in the 100 and 200, which it could po- probably be the hardest events to be mm-hmm. dominant in, in in the world of athletics. So, um, yeah, he was amazing to be able to do it for so long. And he just had that different vibe that that this guy is, yeah, unbelievable. Anytime you'd a track mate with him, the crowd would stop when he was in the blocks. He was ready to go. In the meet hotel, the other athletes would be going up to him asking for autographs, pictures, whatever. He was just on a different le- level, kind of like a godlike level compared to even the, the other athletes on the world circuit. So um, for me, he'd be the top in athletics for sure. And um, yeah, I'm sure that holds up pretty well across other sports as well. You, you did tell me once, and I find this, we, we talk about transcending sport. I've used it a lot of times today, but this is what you need to do to be, I think, in this conversation. You told me this time about how you'd go to a, a meet and he would have to have the whole floor of the hotel blocked out just for him and his crew, which kind of gives a suggestion how how big he was, not just on the outside, but in the inside as well. Yeah, so sometimes at meets you'd walk, get the you'd skip the lift, go up the stairs, and you'd get past level three or wherever, um, and they'd have security there just blocking the whole way, <laughs> trying to stop other athletes from annoying Bolt. He'd have the whole corridor there just just for him. So I think that shows how good he was. Um, that yeah, he even to get a break from the other athletes in meet hotels, he kind of had to separate himself just because. Um, he was just such a big name in the sport um, and had a, such an amazing career that everyone wanted to, yeah, pester him for a photo or an autograph. Now, just quickly, you uh, just go one-on-one with Tanasi Kokonakis, did you? Of course, the Australian Open isn't far away. You, were you swinging a rack with one of our, our best tennis players, is that right? Yeah, so I was lucky enough to have a hit with him this morning. So um, it was pretty cool to see. It's crazy with other sports how good they are. Like, he was just chipping them in. I was trying to hit it as hard as I could, and, yeah, I was nowhere near. I couldn't, could barely even see his serve, so... Um, yeah, it's crazy how, how good those guys are. And obviously he's building up for a big summer in the Australian Open coming up. How do you enjoy being in the presence or at least being involved in conversations with other athletes, similar age to you who go through similar things in, in an individual sport, have to deal with injuries and disappointment and the highs and, and lows. Do you glean from your conversations and get advice and and swap stories that, that can help you and, and the person you're talking to? Yeah, I think you can learn a lot a lot from cross sports. I think any sportsman, you're going to have ups and downs, whatever goes on in your career. So to hear how other people deal with them, um, how they tackle their sports, both mentally and physically, I think you can pick up a lot of things as well. Um, even though, yeah, you're in completely different sports, a lot of the things are similar, whether that's training, commitment, whatever. So, yeah, it's good picking other sports' brain. I love watching other sports, trying to pick up little techniques and stuff as well. So I think you definitely can um, get some improvement from, yeah, not only watching but speaking to other guys in other sports. Stuart McSwain in studio, Olympian in Tokyo, of course. Paris not far away, a huge chemist warehouse, Australian summer of athletics on the horizon. So we're going to pick his brain. Plenty more on the other side of the news with Amy Drew. Afternoons on SEN, Cam Luke filling in. Dwayne Russell relaxing over the festive season. He'll be back in January. For a big 2024, it's the Nuggets 31 over the Clippers 19. First quarter nearly ended. But Stuart McSwain is in studio, of course. Tokyo Olympian, World Championship rep, superstar over the... Well, that's actually what I might ask you. I was going to say 1,500 metres, which is traditionally where you have applied your main trade. But towards Paris, how how do you make a decision on a 1,500 metre compared to a 5,000 or both or one over the other. How, how does it work from you from this day towards the Paris Olympics? Yeah, I think I've kind of got to, I'll try and qualify for both. Mm-hmm. Um, the 1500 5k, unfortunately at the Olympics, you can't do both events. You so can't. So that the schedule means you can't do them. Otherwise you'd be running heats on the same day. Oh. So unless you're, um, are you saying bolt like athlete? Mm-hmm. Um, you're not able to do that. So I'll hopefully, yeah, try and qualify for both and then make a decision. What I think my best chance to ultimately 
being in that final and trying to do really well in is. So when you when you talk about that and you're talking with your coach or your management and your and your whole crew, is it is it based on the event that you're running better in or the event that you believe you have more of a chance to meddle in? Because the fifteen hundred is so incredibly deep right now. The five thousand, it's the Olympic Games, so it's it's going to be jam packed. But it feels the fifteen hundred is at one level that we've almost never seen before. So is it a I can meddle here or am I better suited to this particular event? Yeah, I think it's a combo. Obviously, you're going to take in the current form, how you've been racing in the lead up, especially the European races leading up as well, give you a good idea. Um, but also, it's yeah, it depends a lot on the what the competition is yeah. doing. Obviously, you want to be in the event, you think you have the best chance to win a medal in. So um, yeah, if I think I have a better chance in the 5K, I'll happily step up and hopefully do the 5K. Or if I think I'm the best in the 15, hopefully I can yeah, nail the 1500. Let's go back to Tokyo because it was a, a unique, weird time in the world due to COVID and the pandemic and restrictions and all the rest of it. And 12 months later, the, the Olympic Games, than what they were originally scheduled. Uh, no one in the, in the stands. Did it all take away from the Olympic experience for you? Uh, I think, uh, obviously, Olympics is amazing, but mm. you do want to have your family and friends there. Yep. Um, obviously, the atmosphere would have been different. The stadium was amazing, so having crowd, um, a cr- massive crowd in there would have been a different atmosphere. Yeah. It would have made a different experience, but I think at the end of the day, you're, you're at Olympic Games. You're there to do a job. Um, so the the little factors like that, you're kind of so focused on just trying to do your job, get through the rounds, run well in the final, and then, yeah, take it from there. Talk about that final because you, you, you ran so particularly well. You, you took it on. You're, you're an athlete who who has a crack. It's 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 it, it's admirable the way you run at different times. And, and sometimes it, it looks like you, you're out of gas, but you got that sort of endurance from the 5,000 metres. You, you told me a wonderful story about one lap out compared to 100 metres later. Just just take us through that that final for you. Yeah, so obviously it's a weird experience. I'm you, you're on the start line. You with twelve other guys going. One of us is going to be Olympic champion three and a half minutes. So um, yeah, it was kind of nerve wracking experience. I, I felt amazing during the race until about four fifty to go. I kind of was in third coming into the bell um, and was kind of thinking, "Geez, am I half a chance here? If I can have a good lap." But unfortunately, I got a little bit tired three hundred to go, and yeah, it was a long way home. And I, unfortunately, I only ended up seventh. But um, yeah, it took a lot of lot of positives from it as well. As we've had many conversations about it. it's not only seventh it's seventh at the olympic games and and it was a remarkable run and and one that early in your career is is going to be the springboard to greater things do you think about like do you, do you think about the like for us you know overweight people who sit behind a microphone we, and we, we talk about the olympic games as a, as a major motivating factor is it is it one that you think about that particular day and race that motivates you to continue to do what you do yeah, I think so. Especially in athletics, the Olympics is a pinnacle. Obviously, we only get it once every four years, um, three years with COVID, um, yep. which made it a bit shorter this time. But you're trying to peak for that one week over that four years. So there's massive buildup. I think compared to any other event, the Olympics, the buildup's just so much bigger. The interest from family, friends, media is just so much bigger. So um, you want to make sure that week you, you're there and you, you represent yourself as best as you can um, and also Give, give the effort that you feel um, that the people that support you um, and help you get there um, deserve as well. COVID stuffed you around, right? Like you, you had some, some, some struggles with, with COVID or your, or your health after that particular year, right? How, how, how are you feeling now? How, how do you feel if you're a long distance runner, you're, you're running a major amount of kilometers every week, COVID and, and illness and injury. How, how much has it stopped the momentum for what you've got? Yeah, so obviously 2021, I felt like I everything just rolled so smoothly. I didn't really have any injuries or whatever. And then 2022, I unfortunately got sick at the start of the season. So 
Um, at the, the elite level in running, if you're missing time early in the season, it's hard to turn it back and come back and compete with the top guys. Yeah. So, um, I fortunately was able to turn it around, um, and have a solid result at the world champs that year. But I think the big focus this year is just staying healthy, putting the weeks of training together. Um, that ultimately would give me a good chance to try and achieve what I want, want to try and achieve in Paris next year. How much of a conversation do you have on an ongoing basis? Like when we're talking about the, the Australian summer, which we'll touch on a bit more in depth in a moment, but you know, when, you, when you're planning from now until Paris, is it just you and your coach? Is, it, is there other factors that, that play into it? Is it a, do you have the calendar out and you're looking at Diamond League and places you, it's logistically a little tougher to run? Like how much meticulous preparation goes into this? Because you're right, you've got to peak for three and a half minutes on one particular night in Paris to make so much of this worthwhile in the in the sense of an Olympic Games. How much prep and how often do you sit down and have to go through these type of things? Yeah, obviously you'll start the season with the plan, but that's adaptable depending on how the, how the season's going, whether you're injured, you yep. have injuries, sickness, whatever. But yeah, I'll sit down with my coach um, and manager, um, the, the people at Athletics Australia as well, and kind of work out a plan. Um, and kind of go from there. Um, and then obviously we have a domestic plan, get through the domestic season. Hopefully you can get through in reasonable shape um, and kind of build from there. And then once you get to Europe, you've got to be ready to go because you're going to be racing on the European circuit. The guys that are going to be at the Olympics as well. So um, you got to try and yeah, race well in those races, get, get some momentum, some confidence leading up towards Paris. A lot of people might not understand this uh, and realize this to be fair, but so Diamond League, which is the the major tour with athletics is how you make your money, right? Like you got to run well, you got to earn your spot into Diamond League and then you run well and money's attached to, of course, your performance in particular races and then overall. How how much does that change? Because you want to run well at Diamond League for financial reasons, but you don't want to peak too early or, or too late based on it. it. It's It seems like a really tedious balancing act. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's hard just because the Diamond League circuit's the main, main athletic circuit outside the majors. So... Um, yeah, that's where the financials are. Um, and that's where you want, if you're a competitor, they're the races you want to be and you want to get, be racing the best guys. So it, sometimes it's hard to skip meets, um, and kind of, yeah, work out if it's going to be beneficial for your prep or not. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, Tokyo was a good, good, um, kind of blueprint for mm -hmm. how I led up. I felt like I got to Olympics in good shape. So I think I'll be following a similar kind of plan leading up to towards Paris. Does that include going home? You quite famously continually are called the, the mayor of King Island. You have a horse that's named after you called Mick Swain that rolls around in Tasmania and has a fair bit of success, it must be said, in, in Tasmanian racing as well. Do you get to go home? King Island isn't exactly a, 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 a huge enough of population to have a thriving metropolis of, of, of athletes, of, of which you are the main one. Do you get home often? Yeah, so generally it's just over Christmas period. Um, I love getting back there. I kind of kickstart my year there. I love training around my family farm down there. Um, and just, yeah, it's kind of humbling and also kind of gives you that motivation when you're going back. I'm going to the school oval, training on the, the six-lane track there, running through the golf courses down there. Um, and it's just back to, yeah, bl kind of blue-collar training where it all started. So, um, yeah, I like getting back there. It's an amazing place to train. I kind of feel like I gain a lot of momentum and kind of – motivation to think of all the people from King Island um, who had helped m my early career and yep. still help to this day um, and kind of feel like that sets me up to be motivated and ready to go for the next season. When you say run like the family farm, you just, did you just roll out into the paddocks or did you have a designated little track that's trimmed at the family farm? How does that all work for you if you're just running around the paddocks? How, how big is your family farm? Yeah, so it's, I think it's about 1,500 acres. Okay. So it's relatively so you got big, some room. But generally when I'm home, it's during hay baling season. So the grass is actually in pretty good nick. There's okay. a few rolling hills. Um, I've got a couple of tough roads. So I think out of anywhere I train, it's probably the hardest place in the world I train. Um, just obviously the King Island weather 
it's up and down. Yeah. It's on the ocean. So, um, yeah, it's a tough place to train, but a good place to train. And I think just running wise, it's the cleanest area in, in Australia, I think, from my perspective. So I love getting back there and training. Yeah, when you, again, it's, 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 we're going back a long time. And I, I'm stressing more it's the population than anything else. But when you're a good runner at a young age, when did you find, like, like King Island is King Island, but you need to at some point find out that you are of, uh, you know, more than natural ability and, and above a, a certain standard. Like, when did you first realize that you're actually a really good runner? Because I assume there wasn't a great deal of competition in King Island. Yeah. So I think it was, I might have been 11 in grade five. I did the school cross country and I was just, yeah, playing as every kid, playing footy, tennis, whatever. Um, not playing well, but I was playing them. Um, and then my PE teacher actually ran. So he'd run a few marathons and he kind of, I did school cross country and uh, without doing any training or anything, absolutely um, dominated on the day. And he was like, hold so on. Hang on, did your, belt, your teacher ran, did you say? Or he just, nah, oh, so he was just said, watching. Oh, okay, and then yeah, he yeah. was, um, yeah, he's like, oh, you actually have a fair bit of ability here. I'm going to start coaching you and yeah. train you up. And then obviously I went and raced in Tassie and I think I came second in the state that year um, off not much training. And then it kind of, yeah, progressed from there over the years. But um, there's been a lot of hard work over those years to try and get to the, to the point of the sport. Well, when did you think that this could be a profession for you? Like... There's one thing to be really good at something. There's another to dedicate yourself to become a professional in a sport that you have to really be on your on your game every year. When, when did you think this is actually something I can do? It probably wasn't until 2016. I think I was I just missed the Olympics in 2016 by two seconds as a 20 year old, thinking, "Wow, maybe I am close. I need to kind of apply myself a little bit." Um, and it was probably from that 2016 season I was like, "Yeah, let's give this a full crack." In in sport and athletics, you probably only have a 10 to 15 year period yep. where you can be near your top. So I was like, let's give it a crack and see what we can actually get out of the sport. Was it heartbreaking in, in, in well, to miss Rio in, in 2016 or was it yeah, silver linings as you just touched on? You, you sort of looked on the positive more so than the, the disappointment. Uh, it was probably as tough as it was. I think anyone's flat when you miss out on something yep. so close, but it was kind of surprising that I was able to get as close as I was. Um, I was working. I was only training once a day. I wasn't really trained as a full-time athlete. So I was like, there's a lot of room for improvement here, yeah. so hopefully I can kind of, yeah, if I can stay stay in the sport, stay stay the cycle the next four years, hopefully I'm a good chance to make the, the following Olympics. Stuart McSwain in studio. We're going to squeeze a break in wherever you might be. You can fire in the temper text 0433981116. Plenty more around the Australian Summer of Athletics. All thanks to Kimmer's Warehouse coming your way next. Afternoons on SEN. Cam Luke in for Dwayne Russell. Drive not far away. Andy Marr, Andy Gaze to roll you into a Thursday afternoon. And Stewie McSwain in studio. Olympic star. And now, of course, getting ready for what's going to be a big 2024. Just off the text. How do you keep yourself from getting bored with all this running? Andrew struggles to run to the shops without being bored. Like, Do you run with like headphones in or no music? Yeah, it depends. I actually don't mind running with nothing on. Yeah. Um, it kind of gives you a chance to plan out your day, especially in the morning, kind of think about things, think about training a little bit. But yeah, a lot of the time I'll chuck in, I'll have podcast or I'll chuck in SEN radio sometimes, Bang. get it going. If, if Big Cammy Luke's on or yeah. whoever's on, or if the AFL's on or Saturday Track's on, I might chuck that in. Perfect. Kind of distract me a little bit. Find your winner or two. Hey, just quickly before, and we appreciate you jumping in, um, Australian Summer of, of Athletics is here. It, it just really feels, I know the... 
the Olympic year adds a little bit to it. But Athletics Australia have to be commended on how they've continually built up the Australian summer. COVID, of course, stuffed so many things. But the Mori Plant meet last year, the first one under that name anyway, was brilliant. And it looks like you know early February is going to be a similar thing. Yeah, there's no doubt this is the biggest meet in Australia. Yeah. Um, I think there's not many meets we get big crowds out domestically, unfortunately. But yeah, Murray Plant last year was packed. Um, yeah, I think it was standing room only, only by the end at Lakeside. So um, yeah, it's on Feb 14 again, so it's going to be a great night of athletics. We, hopefully some big internationals come. We've got the domestic talent. I think last year it showed every race was great um, mm-hmm. and the crowd loved it. So um, yeah, it's awesome racing in front of big crowds in front of Australia, especially in Olympic year. There's kind of that bit... Bit of extra motivation, so hopefully we can yeah put on another great athletics meet. So there's that in Feb 14 or on Feb 14 as you touched on, and then the nationals are in Adelaide, right? How, how do you how do you go about it when it comes to peaking and making sure you're ready? Because Adelaide, as important as Melbourne is, Adelaide you you've got to run well to to get that qualifying spot. So how, how do you how do you find you personally that sort of month between those two meets? You, you find it okay normally? Yeah, I think it's like European season. Yep. You kind of tape a little bit for the race. You want to perform well in the race, but it's kind of the next day you focus on the next race. You're kind of building back training or whatever. So I think for us, obviously Melbourne's going to be a big focus in February. Um, and then the, we'll have the Olympic trial, um, as you said, in Adelaide, which is obviously a big focus. You want to run well to guarantee your spot on the team. Um, and then it's all systems go towards the European season. Cool little athletics. In fact, it's a real cool little sporting precinct for the Melburnians listening to know about Albert Park and Lakeside and the Melbourne Sports and Aquatic Centre. Lakeside, I know there's 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 people who who love the old Olympic Park and and the way that it was all sort of dealt with. But how, how do you find Lakeside as an actual track and as an athletic stadium? Because you have ran in the biggest stadiums in the world. How, how do you find Lakeside a little closer to home? Yeah, I like it. Obviously, living around the area, it's kind of a home track. But um, yeah, it's a beautiful track. Um, it's it's a good looking track. Um, it is. And yeah, I I do like racing there. Um, obviously, it's the home home of Melbourne Athletics. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, you just hoping the wind's not too, too big coming off the lake. Um, but yeah, it definitely helps if we can get some big crowds there. You kind of don't notice the conditions as much as there's a bit of noise and excitement in the, in the stadium. You know, over the years, last question, we've, we've bonded over a love for Steve Prefontaine, the American distance runner from the early 1970s. I want to ask you about just Oregon and, and, and running over there because talking of cool stadiums, they've got one that's pretty nice. Yeah, obviously the new Oregon track. Um, obviously, it's the, the home of Nike in Oregon. It's um, the home of, home of probably distance running as well. So, yeah, the new Nike facility um, there, um, yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. Just, uh, yeah, I think it's it's a purposely built, built athletics. I don't think they play any other sports. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, yeah, Phil, Phil Knight's big plan to <laughs> Have to you met Phil? That. Uh, I actually have. So yep. I met him in 2022. So that was pretty cool. Um, obviously, I've, I'd read his book. Um, and obviously, he's such a big name in not only – in athletics, but um, yeah, in obviously through Nike in the business world as well. So that was pretty cool to get to meet him. Hey, you're a star, mate. Thank you for dropping in. I know we'll talk again into 2024, but good luck for all the major and amazing things that come your way, man. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me. He's a star, Stuart McSwain. We'll squeeze our last break in and wrap up afternoons next. Afternoons on SEN. Wrapping up afternoons for another day, and all thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. Happy birthday, Ethan Hughes, Caleb Marchbank, Bailey Smith from the AFL world, and Larry Legend, Larry Bird. Congratulations to Larry. Technically might not work. It might be his birthday tomorrow, US time, but either which way, it's on this particular date. 
Well, thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals. Make sure you jump on tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. That's the show for today. And again, we've been driven by Werribee Kia. The team down at Werribee Kia will look after you, just like family. Visit the dealership at Werribee Kia and you'll find the incredible EV6 GT model. Fantastic finance options available. If you're looking for a trade-in, Werribee Kia offer top dollar and have 300-plus late model used cars in stock. Go and see the team. WerribeeKia.com.au. LMCT. Double one.